Hi, friends. Welcome to the Femio Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Olafioye Amagbeni, speaker, blogger, and self-love activist passionately focused on increasing the representation for and visibility of Black women in the space. I do this by sharing lessons and observations from my own life in a way that is transparent, honest, sometimes kind of funny, in the hopes that it supports you on your self-love journeys as well. Okay, let's get into the episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the season one finale of the Femio podcast. Bitch, we made it. We are out here. I want to thank every one of you for listening, for sticking with me, for being as excited as I am about this episode. I'm your host, Femi Olaf Yoye Amagbeni. And today for the season finale, we are going to be talking about Beyonce because how could we not? For anybody who knows me, you know that I'm obsessed with Beyonce. I've watched Homecoming upwards of 10 times. It hasn't always been that way, though. Beyonce and Destiny's Child have not really been the pinnacle of my favorite singing entertainment acts. I loved them. I loved them growing up. I'm pretty sure I won a sleepover lip syncing contest to say my name when I was in the fifth grade. So I'm well versed with their catalog. They just didn't do as much for me as Britney Spears did. I think that there is some internalized racism in that. I will name that. I wanted to be Britney Spears. I wanted to look like her. I wanted to move like her. I wanted the whole thing. Beyonce and Destiny's Child were pretty much second fiddle, but still respected, obviously. Like, they came out with Bops, Survivor, Incredible, Say My Name, Timeless. These songs were incredible. It just wasn't my favorite, wasn't my top artist, act, whatever. The same thing, again, goes for Beyonce when she became a solo act. First of all, we all saw that coming. I know she has gotten mad at people in interviews for saying Beyonce and the girls or something like that, making it as though like they were her backup singers, which they weren't. They had their roles, their like individual roles, but like we all knew Beyonce was going to be something else by herself. But even again, in her solo career, I was like, okay, Crazy in Love has got that hook. Okay. Dangerously in Love is beautiful. Naughty Girl, Ego, Countdown, I'm obsessed with. I loved her music, but It wasn't until Lemonade that shit changed for me, okay? Lemonade is still, I think, my favorite album ever that has ever come out. First of all, it happened during 2016, which was the worst year of my life, also the worst year of everyone's lives, as I recall. It was just like a bad year. And so her dropping Formation as a surprise, her dropping an entire video album as a surprise, Well, not as a surprise. We had that teaser on HBO, but we didn't know what the fuck that was. She dropped this whole like video album and we were like shook. And then on top of that, on top of it just being record breaking on its own, it was so specifically and clearly about black womanhood. Like, I love that skit that SNL did, I think right after it came out, where it was like a parody of white people discovering that Beyonce was black because she like really came out here and was like, I like my Negro nose with Jackson five nostrils. She like really came out here and was like, y'all are going to have me in this box. Y'all are going to have me forget and pretend like shit isn't happening to my community. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to say something. I'm going to put it all in my music. It was incredible. 
that she spoke to the experience of being a black woman in America. When she even had Malcolm X's quote that's like, the most unprotected person in America is the black woman. I was like, you know what? She said something. She is really saying something. So there was that about the album. Not only that, it was extremely personal. If you've been following Beyonce for any amount of time, you know that she doesn't talk about her life, really. I mean, she's gotten obviously more open, especially since Lemonade, because she really <laughs> she really took us through it all. In her earlier career and stuff, like she did not comment on her personal life. She didn't like say shit about shit. If there were any clues to anything, it was in her music and that was it. Like she just didn't share the way that other artists have shared about their life. I'm thinking specifically Kanye West, when he first came out and told us everything about everything with everything about himself. That was what he did. And frankly, that's what I'm doing. That's my brand also, is to share too much about my life. But that's not Beyonce's brand. That's not what she does. And so for her to be such a private person, typically, and then to write this album that is literally her cutting her own heart open and showing it to all of us. She's like, this is what happened. And not only this is what happened, but we can feel the pain in each stage of emotion through every song. Like you can feel the loss and confusion in praying. You can feel the violent anger in don't hurt yourself. You can feel the love and reconciliation in all night long. She took us through every single step of that process of her relationship with Jay-Z, of her relationship with herself, of her reconciling her emotions with her father, moving through what her parents have been through. Like, bitch, <laughs> she showed us, okay? She told us everything. So that also changed my life, just the like sheer vulnerability and power of it. And then there was the fact that she bodied every music genre, okay? Like this bitch had pop, she had rap, she had experimental shit, she had country, okay? Even though white people didn't want to give it to her, I'm sorry, Beyonce wrote a country song and it slaps. She really went out there and bodied every music genre and then didn't win album of the year. Like, I'm sorry, I'm still, that's not what we're talking about today. I promise, like I have other shit that I want to share with y'all. I'm just saying I don't fuck with the Grammys anymore for that reason. What I'm saying is Lemonade is where shit changed for me. I was like, not mirroring, but like, aligned with my own process. 2016 was also around the time when I'm like really discovering my own internalized racism, really coming into my own identity and continuing to come into my own identity as a black woman, recognizing all of the societal pressures and trauma that comes along with being a black woman. So to have this album that kind of like speaks to that, for me personally, I was like, Beyonce, that's it. And then we get Homecoming, the Coachella performance, which honestly could have happened on the moon. That's how relevant Coachella was to the performance. She brought in hundreds of people on stage at the same time, dancers and musicians. In one of the widest cultural events that have ever existed, she really took us to an HBCU in the middle of Coachella. And even in the Homecoming Special, if y'all haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing. Come over to my house, we'll watch, it'll be on. Even in the homecoming special, she was like, instead of me pulling out my flower crown or whatever, I thought it was more important to show our culture, our history. She sang the Black National Anthem on the stage. She did stepping. She really pulled it out. She really pulled 
out all of the stops every, and she even says this again, if you couldn't tell, again, I've watched this many times, I have it memorized. She's like, every piece of my 22 year career I put into this performance. And the sheer magnitude, the sheer blackness, the sheer power of her owning that space, of her creating this experience for us, of her welcoming us into like out of Coachella, out of anything else that's happening in our lives and into this space of this is Beyonce's world and performance. It was incredible. As I said, shit changed for me. It went from like, okay, Beyonce's tight. Like she's talented. She's this, she's beautiful. She's that, whatever, to this is my bitch. Like this is really my person. And the reason why I wanted to talk about her today and like talk about her process or what I've noticed of her process, obviously I don't really know her. So this is all just speculation from what y'all see too. But one thing I wanted to talk about is because I was listening to, I think it was Bills, Bills, Bills or something on the radio the other day. And I was listening to it and I was like, is that Beyonce singing the lead? It sounded so different from the voice that I know Beyonce to have today. That voice sounded like it had less power. It had less clarity. It sounded like it was coming from someone who was taking up less space than the Beyonce I know now. And the funny thing is, when we think of Beyonce, we think of her as always having been this powerful. The Beyonce we saw on the homecoming stage, she's always been like that. She's always taken up her space. She's always been commanding. She's always been sexy. She's always owned her body. She's always owned her voice, which in some senses is true. But as I was listening to the difference between the Bills, Bills, Bills Beyonce that I heard and the homecoming Beyonce that I heard, I was like, you know what? Even Beyonce had to become Beyonce. I'm gonna say that one more time because y'all missed it. Even Beyonce had to become Beyonce. It took time, it took practice, it took her allowing herself to open, to become big, to take up space, to become the powerhouse that we recognize and recognize in that homecoming special. And this is important. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is because a lot of us struggle with this same concept of becoming ourselves. I don't know what it is that you're seeking after or going after or working towards in your life. Maybe you are working for a degree. Maybe you got a degree and you're working for a higher position, a promotion. Maybe you are working even towards being in a successful relationship. Maybe you want to become a better partner. Maybe you want to become a better, a better mother, a better parent, whatever it is that you're working towards. We tend to be really Ooh, bitch, what's the word? We tend to be really the opposite of gracious. <laughs> we tend to be really strict with ourselves, really condescending with ourselves, really short with ourselves when we feel like we haven't gotten there yet. And I'm like, again, even Beyonce had to become Beyonce. And I think sometimes even when we look at stories like that, even when we look at stories of people who have made it, who are super successful, who are super powerful, who are standing in their own power, we look at their backstory and we're like, okay, yeah, they worked hard to get there. But when we think of their working hard, we think of like the Mickey Mouse Club for like Britney, Justin, Christina, JC, Carrie, Ryan, everybody that came out of the Mickey Mouse Club. We think about their early, early, early stages. We think about like Beyonce doing Star Search 
or them little plays that she was doing in school. I don't know. I'm pretty sure she did plays in school, but I'm not 100% sure on that. We think about like the really, really backstory before she gained any fame. Even when she gained fame, there was still work to be done. Even as she became Beyonce, even as she went solo and released Crazy in Love and like fucking blew all of our minds out with that hook, she still was in the process of becoming, as we all are in the process of becoming our biggest and most powerful selves. We are too hard. We are too hard on ourselves with our growth processes sometimes. And we look at people like Beyonce and we're like, she's always had it. She's always owned it. She's always been that powerful. She's always owned her space. And it's like, to some extent that is true. She has always been powerful. It's always been there. Number one, whoever you were becoming, it was already with you before you manifested it, right? So yes, Beyonce has always had this homecoming Beyonce inside of her, but that's not who we were seeing in 1999. That's not who we were seeing in 2003. That's not who we were seeing in 2007, even in 2016 when Lemonade was first introduced. She has gone on a journey to become that, and we are all on a similar journey, on our own journeys, to become our biggest and powerful selves. So what can we do, right, to like have grace with ourselves, to become more lenient, to remember our process, to remember that we are still becoming. I think gratitude is one. Gratitude is always helpful. Gratitude, I feel like, is always my number one on any sort of how to become, how to release, how to find joy and peace, all of that stuff. Gratitude. Because, again, gratitude brings you into the present. Gratitude helps you look at what you have now and be happy with it. Because, The thing is that when you get to that place, let's say that you are looking for a promotion or whatever, when you get that promotion, there's always going to be something else that you want. That's just like the nature of being a human being. Our minds naturally go to what's next. Like what's the next thing? What's the next goal? What's the next accomplishment? And if you stay in that space of what's next, never giving yourself grace or gratitude or stopping to really take in what you've accomplished, how far you've come, you are never going to be happy. That promotion is not going to make you happy on its own. It really won't. That relationship is not going to make you happy on its own. I can tell you right now, if you are a woman and you are heterosexual, a man is not going to make you happy on his own. He can't. (laughs) He just can't. It's not in him. And that's okay. That's okay. That's no slight against men. It's just the way that relationships are. What you need to do is be grateful for what is happening now. Okay, maybe you're not in love. Maybe you haven't found the love of your life or whatever yet. But there is love here. Guaranteed you have a friend. (laughs) I promise you, if you're listening to this podcast, somebody loves you. And if you can't think of anybody, just put my name in there. I love you. And you can be grateful for that. You can be where you are and be like, you know what? Maybe I haven't found, again, this my partner or whatever, but like I have love around me. Maybe I haven't hit that promotion yet, but I am working hard. I am successful already. I have a job. I was just thinking, I said that phrase, I have a job. And then I thought about it and I was like, whoo, a lot of us are out of work right now because of this coronavirus. Anyway, we don't have to speak on it. I am employed technically right now. I have done work to get to this place and I am grateful to myself for that. Because again, if you don't practice gratitude for where you're at, when you get 
to the promotion, guess what? It's still going to count as where you're at. And if you never learn to practice gratitude for where you're at, you're never going to be happy with what you have. Gratitude is one way to give yourself that grace, to remind yourself, I am in the process of becoming. I am already Beyonce, even though I'm not yet Beyonce. That is one way to really center yourself, bring yourself back to the present, and remind yourself that you are in the process of becoming. Another way to go easy on yourself as you're becoming is like I said, look back at what you've done. Look back at what you've done and be grateful for that. It's so easy. I don't know why we're like this, but we love looking back and pointing out all the shit that we should have done. Instead of looking back and being grateful, we're like, oh man, I did this yesterday, or oh man, I said this, and if I would have said that, then maybe this would have happened, or if I would have done this, then maybe this outcome would have been different. And honey, I think we need to believe that things are happening exactly as they need to. I don't love the phrase, everything happens for a reason. I think that it is ignorant, frankly. I think that it sounds like it's a faith, but it's not because you're concluding that every single thing in this world that happens has to be for a reason, that there's no room for faith there. It's all certainty. I don't love that phrase, but I do love or have a better relationship with the phrase that like things are happening as they need to happen. This is just what is. And my job is to find a way to accept and be with and become friends or at least congenial acquaintances. Is congenial a word? Yes, it is. Miss congeniality. Okay. I'm remembering. I'm remembering. Yes. Congenial acquaintances with what is. And you can map that mindset onto the past, right? Where you're like, number one, I'm just going to have grace and acceptance for what happened. But then number two, look at how far you've come. Look at all the things that you've accomplished. I'll talk about my own process because that's what I do here. For me, I want to be in a relationship. That's true. That's a thing that everybody who knows me knows about me. Okay. I'm still single. That's true. That's also a thing that everyone who knows me knows about me. Okay. But I can look back at my process and be so fucking proud of the way that I have showed up. I have made mistakes, okay? Yes, I have made a lot of mistakes. I've let a lot of guys stay around for a lot longer than they need to, than they deserve to, than they even asked to, to be honest. I have said yes when I should have said no. I've said no when I maybe should have said yes. Or even, I don't like even the term should have even. Like, perhaps saying the opposite of what I said in the past would have been more helpful to me. But at the same time, I can also look back at my story and see that I have worked so fucking hard to show up as myself, so fucking hard to give myself grace, so fucking hard to be discerning, to learn what it is that I truly want in a relationship and to learn how to say yes to the things that I want and to, more importantly, learn how to say no to the things that I don't want in a relationship and to not allow the desire for relationship cloud or drive the car when it comes to choosing a partner. Because that can get real messy real quickly. And a lot of us have been and maybe are currently there. So yeah, okay, maybe I haven't hit the outcome that I want yet, but I can still look back at my story and be so fucking proud of what I have accomplished of making myself open and available for the thing that I want. So that's another way that we can practice having grace with ourselves as we are on the way to becoming Beyonce. 
And one last thing I'll leave you guys with is allowing yourself to submit wholly to the process of becoming. That is honestly one of my favorite things about Beyonce as an artist is that it feels like she is on that track. She is like, I will not hold anything back. I will not be beholden to what people think of me, what I have done in the past, what critics and other artists and like whatever. I'm just not going to worry about that. What my job, what I am here to do is to live my process, is to live it through music and to share that. And I'm going to do that. And that's what I respect most about her as an artist is that she has submitted herself to the process of becoming. And I think that would be helpful for all of us as well, is to really let ourselves open up. And in order to do that, what comes to mind right now is you have to allow yourself to take up space. You really do. If you're like really wanting to, again, get in that relationship, get that promotion, be a better parent, get that house, make that certain amount of money, whatever it is you want to do in your life, all of that requires taking up space. All of that requires allowing you to first take up space. When I think about the Beyonce homecoming special, I am almost certain that there are so many people that told her no. There were so many people who told her this was impossible to have that many people on stage at once. There were so many people who told her that your idea is too black. Like we understand what you're trying to do, honey, but like maybe (laughs) in that exact voice, like maybe you want to tone it down a little bit. Maybe you don't want to scare all of the white people in the audience. Maybe you don't want to confuse all of the white people in the audience. That must have been difficult to have this big idea. I mean, like, That homecoming special was a big fucking idea. To try to communicate that to people who can't see it, that can be hard. And sometimes when we have that in our own lives, we're like, I have this dream for a business. I have this dream for my life. I have this dream for my family. I have this dream for owning a ranch somewhere far away from everybody with a thousand horses and like pigs and whatever it is. We have this dream and sometimes if we communicate that to someone who doesn't see it, that can be difficult. It can be difficult for us to hear that, for us to get that feedback. And we can start to want to shrink ourselves. We have this reaction to want to shrink ourselves, to make ourselves smaller so that we can fit into what that person can see. Guaranteed Beyonce had that left and right where she's like trying to tell people about her concept, her vision, and people are like honey, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is possible. I don't know if this is doable. Also, you just had a baby less than a year ago or something like that. Are you good? Like, are you going to be okay? And yet she didn't allow herself to shrink. She didn't allow herself to become smaller to fit someone else's vision. Instead, she again submitted herself wholly to the process of becoming and was like, I am going to allow myself to take up this space. I am going to allow myself to say, yes, I am going to believe that my idea is possible and can be brought to life. And then guess what? It was, and it was the best Coachella performance any of us have ever seen and likely will see until maybe her next one. So in order to become Beyonce, (laughs) I'm saying that facetiously, obviously Beyonce has her own story. You need to become the best version of yourself, your highest self, right? So in order to become your highest self, You need to submit yourself wholly to the process of becoming. In order to do that, you need to 
let yourself take up space. You need to tell yourself yes. You need to stop trying to shrink. And you also need to stop putting yourself around people who make you want to shrink. It's okay if not everybody understands your vision. It's okay if not everybody sees it. Not everybody is going to. But what you need to do is to not continue to hang around those people who don't see it. Because if you continue, again, to put yourself around people who don't see it, who need you to be smaller in order to fit their vision, you're going to tell yourself no. You're going to try to shrink yourself. You're going to lose your vision because you're trying to fit into someone else's view of you. And this isn't about surrounding yourself with yes men. That's not helpful either because you need people to be able to tell you like, okay, but really this isn't going to work. I see the vision. I'm with you. We just need to tweak it a little bit in order to make this really happen. You need to be around people who will tell you when it's not going to work, but you have to be able to sense like, okay, this person sees it and they're helping bring me to this vision versus the people who are like, this person doesn't see it and they're just trying to make me smaller and I will not let myself be small. Another aspect of submitting yourself wholly to the process of becoming is allowing yourself to change. Again, that's one thing I love about Beyonce is that she's like, it doesn't matter who I was yesterday. That was then, this is now. It doesn't matter that I've never put country on my album. I'm from Texas. Y'all gonna hear a country song today and I'm gonna perform it with the Dixie Chicks on the CMA stage and everybody can stay mad about it. You have to be open to becoming someone else. Because in order to have the things that we wanna have in this life, in order to have financial success, in order to have relationship success, in order to, again, become a better parent, in order to grow, you gotta change shape. You gotta let some things go. You gotta make room for some new shit. You have to let go of some habits and patterns. You gotta make room for some new habits and patterns. You gotta let go of some friendships. Okay, you got to make room for some new friendships. Okay, that's what I'm saying to you. That's what I'm saying to me. That is part of the process of submitting is allowing yourself to change. And that is hard. That is really hard because we love story. We love creating stories about ourselves, creating stories about the world, creating stories about other people. That's how we live our lives. That's how we make decisions. That's how we build anything. And it's helpful. It is helpful, except for the parts when it becomes harmful, when it becomes stunting. For example, You create a story about yourself. You're like, I'm single. That is my story. That is my being. That is my identity. I move through this world as a single woman. And you live your life for years and that story fits. And then all of a sudden, something comes into your life. Someone comes into your life and, uh uh-oh, some shit starts shifting. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. I had this story that I've been telling myself that I've latched onto for decades maybe at this point, that I am single, that this is the way things are. Maybe you have stories that are unhelpful about men being trash, as I used to. Or maybe your story is that you are always broke and you're like, this is my story. This is my person. I complain about money. I complain about not having enough money. I joke around with my friends about not having enough money. Like, this is what we do. This is who I am. And it's like, if you want shit to change. If you want to be in a relationship, if you want to be rich, if you want to be successful in whatever part of your life it is, that story is going to have to change. And a lot of times that's what's hard for us is to let go of the story, is to let go of my identity as a single broke person. And it's funny because you're like, why would you want to stay that way? But honestly, again, 
Our brains like what we know more than they like what we want. That's just fucking fact. That's just what we choose. And so in order to become, in order to submit yourself to the process of becoming, you have to be okay with changing your story, changing the story about yourself that you tell yourself, changing the story about other people, maybe changing the story about the world, changing the story about your luck, quote unquote, changing the story about your ability to affect change in your world. Like there are a lot of things that need to change maybe if you are going to become your highest self. And there are things that you might need to let go. There are stories that you're telling yourself that you might need to let go before you can become that highest self. It's a process. Don't shame yourself. That doesn't help anything. Don't judge yourself for not being able to yet. That doesn't help anything. Don't judge yourself for not being Beyonce yet. Again, like I started this whole thing, it took time for Beyonce to become Beyonce. So don't harm yourself further by adding shame and judgment, but just recognize where you are. Maybe perhaps have gratitude. Not maybe, definitely do it. This is a command. Have gratitude for where you are. Have grace and be proud of where you've come from, how hard you've worked to get here. And then also submit yourself or choose to submit yourself to the process of becoming. Choose to willingly accept change. Choose to willingly accept a different story about your life. Choose to willingly believe something else in order to become your highest self. That's what we're here for, right? Is to create space for ourselves make safe spaces for ourselves when we need to, give ourselves rest when we need to, stay gracious, practice gratitude, practice being proud of the work that we've done and continue to change because that's what this life is about, is changing, becoming, growing, being. Let's get out there and do this. So that is it for this episode of the Femio Podcast. That is it for this season of the Femio Podcast. Woo! I love saying that. It sounds so nice. Season two, bitch. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you guys again for listening to me for each of these fucking episodes. Thank you so much. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss talking into this microphone. I'm going to miss talking to the air, but y'all can catch me on Instagram. I do the same shit there and my stories really. So follow me on Instagram at Femio. That's at F-E-M-I-I-O. You can also stay up with me on the blog, femio.com. I'll continue to post there every other week through the break. The break, by the way, is going to be two months. So I will be coming back to you at the beginning of June, given that the world has not ended. I'm still also taking virtual clients to do makeup. So if you would like a personalized tutorial, if you would like me to jump on a video call with you and walk through your makeup kit, walk through any specific looks that you're wanting to do, especially now that we all are at home and have so much time on our hands. Now is the time to practice some wild ass shit because nobody has to see you in it except for the people in your house. And if you live alone, (laughs) then look, you're fine. It's just you in that mirror, honey. So let me know, hit me up if you would like to work through some makeup things, any makeup thing, talk through any makeup thing. I'm here for it. DM me on Instagram. That's the easiest way to do it. And I can let you know about schedule and pricing. I laughed a little bit when I said schedule, because again, (laughs) shit's open right now. Shit is really open. So let me know. Oh, and just recently, actually, just today I announced I now have an option. So like, okay, let me back up. So a couple weeks ago, one of my followers on Instagram 
messaged me and was like, you know what? I learned so much from you. How do I pay you? And I was shook. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. Because, you know, like, obviously I have the makeup thing. I have the speaking thing. I have the, like, influencing thing. But I didn't have a way for just, like, people who take in my content, who learn things from me, and who want to respond in gratitude or respond just as, like, an exchange of services in payment for the work that I do, which makes sense, right? It just didn't cross my mind. So anyway, now that it has, now that it was brought to my attention, I created a PayPal link that you can send me money directly if you feel inspired, if you feel like, you know what, I do want to pay you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. If you want to support any of that, you can choose the amount to send me and it'll go straight to my PayPal. So that link is in my Instagram, in the link in my bio. Also, it is on my website. If you scroll to the very bottom, both of the links are titled Support Femio. So you can click on that and it'll take you to my PayPal or take you to your PayPal, maybe, and then you can send it to me. You know what I'm saying? It'll work. So if you feel called, if you feel moved by the spirit to do that, I am grateful. Honestly, even if you don't feel moved by the spirit to do that, I'm grateful that you're even listening to my podcast, that you're taking in my content, that you are here with me right now. So thank you so much. I'm so excited for season two. I can't wait to catch up with you guys in June and talk more of this self-love, undoing racism, undoing white supremacy, undoing the patriarchy shit. Let's just fucking get after it. And everybody have an amazing summer. I don't know what the summer will hold. Obviously, nobody knows anything, but I believe I'm going to put this out into the universe. I believe that it will be beautiful and bright and healing for all of us. And here's to being able to see our friends again. Am I right? (laughs) Okay. Bye, everybody. See you in June. Hey, thank you for listening to another episode of the Femio podcast. Before you go, don't forget to follow, rate, and leave a review. If you want to stay in touch, find me on Instagram at Femio. To support Femio and the Femio podcast, you can visit paypal.me slash Femio. Talk soon. Talk soon.